is peace on earth. <laughs> yes, sirree, peace on earth. To Ben Baker's Christmas Box, a seasonally swanky trip through television's present wrapped past, with me, Ben Baker. I've just released a new book all about the hits, misses, and what the bloody hell is that that made up the British Christmas TV experience. And you can find it on Lulu, Amazon, or direct from me from Equid. And in each short episode of this, I'm going to talk to a guest about a programme that sort of represents the whole Christmas period to them. And today I'm joined by musician, podcaster, and best boy, Paul Abbott. Hello, Paul. Merry Jingles. Merry Jingles to you. Now, when you invented Shameless, oh, it's not, it's not, oh, it's not no, Paul Abbott. Children's Ward, all it's that the, stuff. It's the better, better Paul Abbott. Although there is a Christmas Children's Ward, uh, right. which, which was on Christmas Day. So that, I bet that was fun. Yeah, well, <laughs> luckily I've brought along something that's very cheery, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so obviously this is just a, a, a little bit about christmas tv was that always important to you in as much as it's sort of you know the tv is a modern fireplace type thing you know the depths mm. of winter when it's dark and it's a place you can go and and you know a lot of your memories are tied around a tv aren't they so yeah. while i wasn't as sort of obsessive particularly over any one one particular thing i have a lot of fond memories of sort of a sense memories of the time as much as anything so box of delights which obviously people talk about my age a lot is that thing of like the dark you know the autumn turning into the winter the darkness being there that sort of the tv reflecting what it felt like outside that Mm. sort of thing so yeah yeah Uh, i i have noticed there are very much two there's like people who just do not have the telly on at christmas or people who have it on constantly in the background at christmas and we were of we were the latter because we are common Uh, (laughs) i think as i recall it really for us family christmases would be you'd be you'd watch certain times a day you do a bit of watching in the afternoon you have a big meal at a strange time of day that you wouldn't normally have a meal at (laughs) So everything was out of whack anyway. Yeah. And then it'd be on almost all evening for whatever daft things were on. You'd always want to watch Morecambe and Wise. You'd always want to watch perhaps the film that was on, something like that, at the point where you aren't really watching it. And then, of course, as the years roll by, you get to a more modern period and you start to have like things like Doctor Who Christmas specials. But You know, I'm an adult, but I very often spend that with my family at Christmas and... um, can't get anyone to shut up when I'm trying to watch Doctor Who. I was I was about to say if you hadn't done, it's like you know what I liked Doctor Who being on Christmas Day, but I like it not being on Christmas Day. So people aren't going to me. Who's that? What's happening? Which which one is a mechanoid? Which yeah, one is a real? Yeah. You know, it's like there's too many questions. <laughs> exactly that. Absolutely, exactly that. So uh, all I need to ask you now, Paul, is what's on your Christmas box? Well, I am going back to my childhood here with something that's um, 
lingered in the memory, I'll say. That's a, a way of putting it without being too emotive. It's lingered in the memory. So there was a few things I was thinking about. One of them was a cartoon, a Tom and Jerry cartoon, which I'm sure everyone will know, called The Night Before Christmas, oh, yeah, yeah. which is where Tom slams the door on Jerry outside and then feels guilty and he's frozen him into a little yeah, it's <laughs> ice, like an cube ice thing. Cube, yeah. And it used to break my heart, that one. Uh, I remember vaguely like being woken up quite early like during the holidays by my mum to say, oh, the Thomas the Tank Engine Christmas thing on, and having a vague memory of that being quite exciting. Yeah. Obviously, we've mentioned Box of Delights. But what I've settled on, like I say, is something that's lingered with me since I've seen it. And I reckon from looking in the BBC genome thing, this has been shown very early 80s when I've been too young to have remembered it. But it was definitely shown at Christmas night in 86. One of those little 10 minutes before the hour cartoons that we always used to have on BBC that used to live for. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, this one, 21st of December, 1986, stuck between the Dukes of Hazard and um, EastEnders, <laughs> uh, is a thing called Peace on Earth. It was a, f- a short film by MGM from 1939, an animation, a voice of Mel Blanc. It starts very beautifully, old old school, cute animals. In this case, they're all squirrels. Yeah. It's very Dickensian, you know, it's that kind of big fireplace. Again, pre-television, I guess, that kind of how you always imagine Christmas scenes. Yeah, some little carol singers underneath a lantern in the street, snow, all that sort of stuff. My golly, it's a great old world. Merry Christmas, everybody. And then you come to the dawning realization that the houses that the squirrels and people are living, well, or things are living in, the animals are living in, are all helmets, like wartime helmets. Mm. And that the lamppost that the carol singers are under is actually a little lamp hanging from a bayonet mm. that's been stuck in the ground and you suddenly go, hang on. Uh, yeah. And as you come into it older, you go, oh, hang on, this was made in 1939. Yeah, there was a, there were a few things going on then, uh, I believe. Yeah. There, was a, there was a few uh, a, a few incidents. Yeah, so essentially this is a cartoon made by a, a director called Hugh Harmon, who was one of the sort of originators of Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies. Yeah. He's one of those big names that kept moving from different cartoon companies. He could have been Disney, essentially, but he kept tickling off to different places. And then he makes this, basically this film, this anti-war kids film, and it is, it's it's an amazing piece of work, but it's really distressing, and it's no wonder it's stuck in my mind if I saw that when I was you know, in single figures age because it's, it's straight. Yeah. Like you say, little happy Christmas squirrels do, do, do goodwill to men type thing. Yeah. All that stuff. A uh, little, you know, jokey sequence area accidentally sits on someone's knitting. Oh, I'm an old squirrel. And then, <laughs> then amazingly realistically animated wartime sequences as yeah. he tells the story of how, m- how mankind wiped itself off the face of the earth. Yeah. It's very dark. Is it? It's very, I would say the, the animation is very fluid. It's really gorgeous. You know, you can yeah. see the work that's gone into it. And I think that's why it probably pulls the rug from you uh, a, a lot as well, because you're just like, Oh, nice gentle cartoon and oh god we're all gonna die is yeah. very much a tonal i mean it's not hectoring certainly 
No, it's it's not. It's it's um it's a warning, and it's interesting. Of course, nineteen thirty nine, America hasn't joined the war yet. Yeah. Or the Second World War, but uh, you know, it's not like we haven't had fairly recent memories, uh, which I suspect most of the people making these cartoons would have been involved in some form of conflict. You know, only a matter of a couple of decades before, or they yeah. would have seen the effects of it. It's yeah, like you say, the the animation of the war sequences is so it's almost like rotoscoped. Yeah, it's very it's very everything's in shadow, everything's gr- grimy and. You know, obviously it's because it's meant to be a bit of a flashback and stuff, but it's real. Yeah. But everyone's kind of like a dark shadow of death, effectively. Yeah, they've got a bit where the the grandpa squirrel is describing men, and the way he's describing them, you see it on the screen, is someone with a helmet on, um, and then obviously a gas mask, and they got big long snoots that used to come down and attach to their bellies, but but it's drawn so realistically that it's yeah. you know. You're like you're terrified as these tiny baby squirrels. He's telling this story to you, must be. But the I mean, it gets it is it's amazingly drawn and animated, and but it is horrifying. And it does end with the last two men on Earth shooting each other, and one of them drowning in a dip in the water in a trench. Mm. And you see like these bubbles of red pop up as this guy is, you know, at, and it's like. This is the little Christmas thing you've chosen to show between Dukes of Hazard and EastEnders. Well, I mean, it fits very much with the tone of EastEnders, I grant you, but it's, <laughs> that, that does strike me as someone just, but uh, we've got 10 minutes, pull something that's got Christmas in the description on. No one thought to actually, I wonder if there were complaints. I bet there were complaints. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, my, you know, it only came to me years later quite how, terrifying this thing was because it'd always been there in the back of my mind mm. and eventually i looked it up and and watched it again it's like oh no no i wasn't imagining it that did happen what, did, was it cathartic to rewatch it or was it like <laughs> did it did it open oh no it didn't help <laughs> Go, oh yeah no, I, I pushed this quite down because that is the thing these, these 10 minute programs as you say christmas is very well known for weird programs of different lengths just being shoved in anywhere sort of thing because of sort of looser schedules. And you do see stuff, kind of half see things and go, did I imagine that? Mm, yeah, totally. You know, they, they live rent-free. Uh, the funny thing with this is it's it's strangely still totally relevant now. It's it, Nothing's changed other than the various means by which we attempt to uh, wipe each other out. Mm. I mean, there's even a, a sequence in it where they talk about the different people looking for reasons for war. You have vegetarians against meat eaters uh, <laughs> yeah. is, what, is the example. Uh, they remade this in 1955, like, uh, but directed by Hanna-Barbera. So it's a bit more cutesy. But it's still terrifying, and it includes nuclear weapons by that point. <laughs> God, just think where. So that's sixteen years after the original, yeah. And how things have progressed even to that point, yeah. Wow, yeah. That's 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 deeply, deeply upsetting. Uh, unlike many of Hanna Barbera's things, which are just upsetting because they're not good. <laughs> yeah, there's a an inconsistency across the, uh, the entirety of their career, really, isn't there? There is, yeah. Much as much of it's brilliant, but yeah, some of it is. Uh, yeah. So I, I did a bit, a little bit of a, uh, research on this, and some people say it was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Other people say it wasn't. No, but the very fact that it might have actually been considered for one is quite a huge uh, deal. I reckon it's not hiding what it's trying to say at all. It's not. It's not a, a vague parable. It's just basically told from the perspective of the animals that survive after all mankind wipes itself out, <laughs> yeah. and and they're. Uh, 
they rebuild the world in the in sort of the ashes of, of what man's left behind. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Although you do think those animals probably feasted happily on, on the remains of the fallen. Well, that's it. There was a sequence. There's a sequence where they find a church and a Bible's open on it, and on the page, "Thou shalt not kill." And us animals just didn't know what to do. We was all puzzled by this thing. I was just a little shaver at the time, and I asked the wise old owl. I says, "What does that mean, Mister Owl?" Mister Owl says, "Thou shalt not kill." Hmm. Looks like a mighty good book of rules, but I guess them men didn't pay much attention to it. Yeah, so the wise old owl is reading it, and I was reading a comment somewhere someone had put on some blog about this saying, surely the owl would just eat all the other squirrels. (laughs) uh, But the reply to that was, oh no, surely they're full from feasting on the corpses of men. Exactly, eyeballs, yeah. Yeah, that's the sort of chat you want about a cartoon, isn't it? I don't know, I suppose it creates a hierarchy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we all thought about, you know, again, coming back to Hanna-Barbera, like Yogi Bear, in theory, should have eaten Ranger Smith. But, yeah. you know, apparently he just liked to pick a uh, Nick Baskets. He did. Oh, uh, dear. So uh, apparently this was nominated for the the Academy Award for Short Subjects Brackets Cartoons, is the actual name it's given. Yeah, nominated but didn't win. Lost out to the Ugly Duckling, which I think I've seen, and I think it's probably a worthy winner in terms of cartoon quality, but doesn't have the uh, um, emotional gut punch of uh, every man on earth being wiped out. War dead, ducklings, the, the, the two options are very much Yeah, here. but I mean, watching something like this might explain why one of my favourite Christmas specials of the modern era, I say modern era, I'm talking 20-odd years ago, is the League of Gentlemen's Christmas special. So maybe this is the thing that sort of made me pin the joy of Christmas with the darkness of of stuff as well, you know, winter and... Well, yeah, I mean, it's, as you say, it's there. I mean, just the fact that there's a, a tradition for Christmas ghost stories yeah, is... Yeah. There's such a huge connection between fear and Christmas. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I think... I'm surprised, actually, this hasn't been pulled out of mothballs more often. Probably not, you know, between the Dukes of Hazard and EastEnders, necessarily, <laughs> kind of. Was it was it a Sunday? Yeah, I think it was that year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe in a later slot, maybe on BBC4 or something. But, you know, I think there's, it's fascinating. It's definitely worth seeing. It's on Vimeo. Yeah, it's it's not got a, you know, it's bootlegged, basically, because there's, yeah. there's not a decent version on YouTube, but you can find a, a good quality one on Vimeo, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth seeing. But, but, again, not on Christmas Day. I mean, definitely not on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you've got some young relatives you'd like to, uh, you know, emotionally scar. I mean, that's just standard for families getting together, isn't it? Well, yeah. Christmas. So what are your Christmas plans? And have you got any of your podcasts coming out over Christmas? Nothing particularly Christmassy this year planned, but, you know, I have appeared on um, the podcast called Don't You Want Me about couples in films, ah, yes. uh, which is a fairly new podcast. And I've been was very kindly asked to go on to talk about one of my favourite Christmas movies, which is also a bit bleak because it's a crime film called The Thin Man. 
So that'll be coming out sometime over Christmas. Yeah, that'll, that'll be very good. And obviously you've done previous episodes of uh, a Christmas fair. Yeah. You're part of the Beatles Big Sort podcast with your brother Gary, where Gary is inexplicably ranking every Beatles song. Yes. So we've got no particular Christmas plans at the moment, but you can go back and listen to a little bit of Christmas Beatlesy stuff through the Big Beatles Sort Out or the Head Ballet podcast, which has had a couple of Christmas episodes. It has. And uh, it's very, very recommended. And uh, thank you for coming on and bringing me something that will haunt me for the rest of my days. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I felt I needed to share it and perhaps lessen my load. Yeah, you've expunged, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Merry Christmas. Merry, happy. Jingle. <laughs> Ben Baker's Christmas Box was written and produced by me, Ben Baker. The theme was by Paul Abbott. Find him at Pavlovich on Twitter. And you can find me and my nonsense there at Ben Baker Books. All clips used for review purposes. To get your own copy of Ben Baker's Christmas Box, the book, visit Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Ben Baker Books for how to buy it on Lulu, Amazon or direct from me. Merry everybody! And whatever you do this December, remember... The end spells Ben. Goodwill to all Ben.